this week on Penn Sunday School. Do we believe, even for a second, that if Obama had been busted for marijuana under the laws that he condones, would his life have been better? If he had been busted under his laws, he would have done hard fucking time. And if he had done time in prison, time in federal prison, time for his weed and a little blow, he would not be president of the United States of America. You can watch Penn Sunday School streaming live on Sundays and available on iTunes every Sunday evening, only on the Ace Broadcasting Network. You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network. Okay, welcome podcasters. We're starting our, our, our jazz part of the show, jazz history that we're doing. Um, and we're going to be mostly today with one composer. Uh, we're going to do two shows today. Um, and uh, that's Richard Rogers. And this is the period where he was with Lorenz Hart. So very wonderful. Lorenz Hart was a wonderful lyricist. Uh, he did it also with um, Oscar Hammerstein and... Um, he did most of the, he did the, most of his music had to do with the Broadway um, theater. So anyway, we're going to start this first one, um, um, dancing on the ceiling, and go through. We hope to go through four. I could write a book. All these are all from Broadway plays. So, jazz invades Broadway. One, two, oh, one, two, three. Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer.
Okay, welcome, podcasters. I want to continue our show. Uh, we started with um, uh, fathers and sons, and we're hoping to get uh, our pad- podcast people involved in it so they can follow us and let us know. And also, if they don't do that, then just to know themselves, something they could learn more about. Um, my relationship with my father, that's a big one. So just to let that title go over our minds. I, I was thinking about that, actually, because we had done that last week. And, um, and like, I cover up my anger for my dad or, or my feelings about my dad with, like, um, you know, making fun of him or poking stuff at him, like saying my mom had more you know, whatever than my dad. And it's, um, and I was thinking about that and, and I, and I, I saw that that kind of keeps me out of like being a man myself, mm. you know, it's a really, mm. it's a really strange thing. It's not a strange thing. It's just what, what's happened. And like, cause I didn't really respect my dad, you know, and, um, and I think he kind of knew that yeah. and, you know, it was unsaid and um, and the more I think about it, the more compassion I'm feeling for him, mm. and the more I kind of feel badly for him. You know, mm. even I mean, he's he's passed now. I don't even know. I think almost 15 years. Wow. So, but it's it and it's a lot of his traits I've definitely taken on too, and I see those a lot more clearly especially of the last six months, you know, that I've been looking at this stuff in a, in a different way. And, like, my father was definitely unavailable at an intimacy level. And then I see how I am, too. Mm. Mm. It's pretty, pretty big stuff. Yeah, over the years, the different changes that take place um, in adult life. And to begin to see at this time of my life, Whatever my age is, my 40s and my 20s and my 80s, um, well, usually by that, yeah, uh, there's no father by 80s, but. Um, to, to it's prob- little possible. Yeah, I, little, but very, very odd that it would be. Um, we have to, my father would be 100 and something today if he were alive. Anyway, over the years, an evolution of a relationship with a father, where things have gone wrong, and also podcasters to join us in this thought about, first place, to have a sense of what's, as of right now, whatever age I am, what's the relationship with my father? Just that straight of what you think it is. Just just to yourself now, as you sit and listen to this show. Um, has it gotten... Is it staying about the same? Does it seem to be deteriorating? Are um, am I? Um, are we getting better with each other? Have we talked to each other? So a way to for you to begin to see if you can get something out of the show. So actually working with the show. So join us in that area. All right, now we said, this is a little repeat from the last time I was here because I was sick uh, the week before. Uh, it's the first place, fatherhood has never been really highlighted the way mothers 
have been, as far as the development, developmental cycle of the child. So we're saying, we're seeing how important it is. The research is starting to finally come about how important father is at all stages, including the first one we mentioned last week, fatherhood, um, a father uh, uh, introduction, introducing the toddler to the world. So father has the introduction of the toddler, so we're going way back to the toddler, who's now very strongly in the mother's nurturing cycle. So dad's got to kind of coax him out um, and get, begin to get active. So what's, this, what's the earliest memory, or podcasters, do you have? Do you have a, a memory of your father at, say, two and three and four uh, from the toddler period in life? Do you remember your father being active at that level? Sorry, do that? you? I do. Well, yeah, you do. This was four months ago. <laughs> you should. Well played, sir. <laughs> do you, Jim? Well, that's how Gary said he did. What? Any anything shine out at you, um, Gary? Yeah, there. You know, there are a lot of. Um, it's more. It's more specific memories at this point. Um, you know, specific incidences uh, than than a really overall statement of why I could say he was there. Like, for some reason, one that's jumping out at me is my parents took me to Disneyland when I was very young, probably three or four, and I got lost in a crowd or something and was separated with them for a minute. And I have this vivid memory of when he spotted me once he'd found me. He was about 150 yards away, and I'd never seen him run that fast before. And uh, he grabbed me and picked me up and wouldn't let me go for at least an hour and a half. And I wasn't that scared. I got over it in about five minutes, and I, I remember being, "Dad, he put me down. Like, well, mm-hmm. what's your problem?" And he was so that one really sticks out. Mm-hmm. So he was. He really was became frightened that he could not find his boy, and he rushed up to him. He was so glad to. Now he really wanted the protection, which we said last week. A major, a major dynamic in the in the relationship is protection. I think Ray brought that out last week. Yeah, that's a that's an important one. Ray, do you have any memory of my dad? Early early years. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, okay. I'm sure I do, but I can't think of any like offhand. You have a first memory. Let's say what's like my mom was super present in the family. Like my mom played more or less both roles, you know, as far as discipline and stuff like that. My dad was kind of a ride along. So I remember him always kind of in in the background, not really being like a presence in the family. Like he he did cook, but my mother for the most part cooked, you know, and meals were a big deal with the family. Um but I don't I mean I remember I did get lost with him. I was in Germany when we got deported. And um I was lost in like Gary was. I was lost in the forest though. And there was a soccer field in the middle of the forest and we were I was out with the kids and we were playing hide and seek. And um I got lost. And you can't and when you're in a forest and you look up, the only you can only look up and see the sky. You look all around, it's all the same and I did not know where the fuck I was. But then I remembered um hearing the um the audience, you know, cheering and so I followed I followed that noise and I got to the clearing and I saw my dad 
And I was excited to see him, but I didn't tell him that I was lost. Mm. You know, I didn't tell him, you know, like I was really in fear, oh. you know. And I also remember when we got – when we were leaving the, the U.S. that um, we were um, – we were uh, like – deposed of in, in a smaller room like we weren't allowed to hang out with the, the population mm-hmm. you know so i was sitting there and i was looking at me fainted he just passed out and i look, was looking at him oh. i go excuse me ma'am and i like stood up and i point can somebody help my father mm-hmm. i remember saying that wow. yeah it was pretty so yeah. protection wasn't one of his um like i remember being really fearful when i was a small child you know i was scared I mean, I was scared somebody was going to beat our ass, or, or you know, somebody was going to do something. I was, I was scared as a child. Mm. Mm. So the protect, you know, I was thinking he fainted. Uh, were you at the airport, or were you taking a boat back, or? Well, I mean, with, with Jim, we weren't a fucking boat. No, we were in the airplane. We were in the airport. A boat. <laughs> That's yeah, you know, the, the Queen yeah, Mary. We, I grabbed a paddle. <laughs> I grabbed, we weren't coming from fucking Cuba. <laughs> Yeah. No, it was a uh, yeah. We, it was Pan Am, Pan America, and we were we were on that uh, plane back to Germany. So, Vincent, that really dates me. The idea that I think it could be a ship. Exposed, <laughs> you think? Because yeah. um, in my world, all of, all my people, they all came up. They all came over on a boat. All Ellis Island. Yeah, Ellis Island, and I don't think in my thumb. I'm trying to think of the. Mother, father, I know they never did. Aunts, uncles. I don't think anyone, before they died, ever was, um, rode on an airplane. Never flew on an never, airplane? Never flew. Right. Wow. So, what, so your mom and dad never flew on a plane? Right. Never. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking of a couple of other people. No, they didn't either. Back when they... Came out to California, they drove. You know, that, that's that wasn't even a possibility. No, there was no thought, the idea of getting on a plane and going anywhere. That was like an impossibility. That was absolutely out. And I remember my youth, so my mother, that's one of the first times I took any long trips, like I had to meet a band somewhere in Denver or something. The minute we just called the, called the train station. And nobody said, you know, you got that long thing out to Denver. It's going to take you three or four days. In other words, not a, even an option. So I, I was like a young guy, about 18 or 19 or 20, and scheduled a train. The train was the only way we traveled. I'm wondering the first time when I was on an airplane. It was quite late. I think it was in my 30s. Yeah. So, a little so you, could, you could have flown out to Denver and been there and whatever. It's five hours, but you took the train. Took the train. It was like a two or three. It's weird how you can get stuck in your parents' mentality. Oh. I mean, I remember my mom look, looking at me saying, you can do anything you want. And I went, really? <laughs> you should have told me that. <laughs> really? I have a high school diploma, barely, which I conned my way into. So, uh, you know, no Ivy League schools are knocking. What do you think? You know, and that's, uh-huh. I mean, it's its amazing. Well, the, the in fact, I jotted something down about that. There, as, as we grow up and our parents, 
Uh, your, your, your parents are alive, right, Gary? Yeah, it was, he's still in his yeah, 20s. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> his parents are my age. <laughs> it's not true, but Almost, close, closer, yeah. closer than to that your being age, just right. a joke. Well, how, you're 27? I'm, 20, I'm 27. My dad just turned 60. Oh, um, all right. My That's mom's a year younger. Yeah, so they're young folks as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, <laughs> um, um, how could we, we break the repetitive compulsions of behaviors um, with our fathers? In other words, can change occur? And how could, how could change possibly occur. Constructive change, breaking the rep- repetition compulsion habit. Now let's let's kind of settle on that one for a minute. Podcasters, think of your think of your dad, for example, that certain behaviors are just so locked in. What would be a a, 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 a constructive change in behavior? Well, my my dad was the uh, you know would chase ambulances like I told told you last week, and um, you know I my mind body thing like I am um, my ex girlfriend used to describe me she she would go wham 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 like I was a top you know oh, like I'm a dervish sure. you know, and um, so that's direct from my that's a direct lineage to my father, yeah. and. When I do see it, and I and I am cognizant of it, and I am conscientious of it, and I do see it, especially of late, and I, I can. And it's not that I squelch it; it's that you can witness it and not, because that behavior can just go on and on and mm-hmm. on and on. I mean, mm-hmm. it's super strong and it's cyclical. And then the flip side of that behavior with me is is like a low grade depression, like oh me, oh my, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the the backside of the um, of the compulsion. You know, the the other behavior. Mm-hmm. So to see those two things as uh, more or less the false self can really let you really be wherever you might be. Mm-hmm. But my dad, like my dad, wasn't. You, you could tell, you could feel on my dad, which is funny with me too, because you could feel on my dad. He didn't want to fucking be there. You know, he didn't want to be with us. You could mm-hmm. feel it on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't know how to put it to words when yeah. you were a child, but sure. you could tell that he didn't want to hang. He didn't want to be there. Yeah, he didn't want to go to your football game. I mean, he went to your football game so he could socialize. You know, and and. I have done much of the same stuff, mm-hmm. just in a different form, because I didn't. I haven't had children yet. Mm-hmm. Look at world. Yeah, you know, um, I'm thinking when you, when you said earlier, it was a good description of the way a lot of people would describe their fathers, particularly in the, uh, um, my generation and, gen- and now other generations, as a shadowy figure. In other words, someone mother was much more dominant and much more there. And I realized that my attempt as a, as a father very early um, to come more into the foreground, just thought about this, that when we were um, planning for a child, my first wife, um, and we, we worked it out that I would be 
more involved. I don't know if that's just coming to me now. That was that was definitely a, something a change to be more. So um, we had the birth not in the hospital. Um, we had a birth chair built, which at that time which was this was now the early sixties. Um, the three or four of us, our couples were going to use. Other people were going to be having a child too. But it was literally it was built. Somebody built it from scratch um, because it was to, to be not laying down like in a hospital, but it would be to be sitting up and you have a momentum of the baby coming out. I don't even know if they do that anymore. Uh, that was a new thing in my world. If you can picture that. In other words, almost like the momentum of a bowel movement rather than laying flat on your back. So the momentum would work uh, for the baby to come out. That was just an idea. So we, was, it, was it true, though? I mean, did it work? Well, there was a problem, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, but in general, you know, the momentum part worked better. That part did work. But So um, what, what, how we settled it, we would now, we would have a doctor present this is not for Adam. Adam, uh, this Adam, was for Lauren. Yeah, this was for Lauren. Adam, I delivered in a doctor's office, but um, and we lived in a wildlife preserve in Tinicum. It was right across from the from the Philadelphia International Airport. Very large wildlife, and we had a we were right on the on the on the outskirts of it. We were in the middle of it, uh, renting a little house there. So we set it up with this doctor. Um, which I, I almost had his name, but R- Ralph um, Ralph Zaroff, yeah, that was his name, Ralph Zaroff. Did he you believed, have a midwife too? There, there was no, a mid, no midwife. No, there was no midwife. He he believed in home births, and we found him. Wow. And, and the night my wife looked like she was due to have the child, he came over and we waited it out in the wall in, in this little strange place. Now, what I my job now? Now, see, my you're going to hand out cigars. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things um, was that I would kneel at the knees of my wife, on my knees of my wife, and she'd be in this birth seat, and I would be beckoning and helping with the child, uh, with the what they call delivery. Yeah, okay, but uh, the what are they breaching when they go ching. God, I can't think of that word. Birth what? When a woman has birth, not pangs, has a... Oh, uh, contractions. Contractions, Contractions, right. Um, So she would have her contraction. I would work with the contraction. And... um, would you have eye contact with her and like hold her hand and yeah, it was yeah right. So right it was super intimate. No drugs were used. Um, wow, it was quite an experiment, but it kind of did go awry. Let me I'll tell you what happened. So I'm I'm working with her in the contractions, and Lauren is getting closer to coming out, getting closer to coming out. Contractions are more. And I'm on my knees, beckoning, beckoning, and helping with the country. That all of a sudden she slid out like a, like a, a package going down the chute, and she came right out, and and she met me eye to eye. It was the most ex- I never had such an experience. And she was all when they first come out, they're all full of goo and blood, and and she came. No, we were nose to nose, 
with these with this baby because no drugs were used and she was very alive and wanting to be born. It was so powerful that I went over backwards. I couldn't take the power of um, of uh, of this creature from all the god from another world, and I just fell over backwards. I held her, and nothing happened. But um, I remember the power of the gaze of the first look wow. we ever had. Uh, so I was a father involved at that point in life, and. Um, but now the real involvement, which I didn't count on. The doctor then got involved, and he was working on the afterbirth, and he said to me, the afterbirth is not coming out, so I'm going to have to take your wife to the hospital. It was the very thing we didn't want. So I said, would you carry her out, and I'll tidy things up here. So while he was in, I carried her out, put her in the back seat of his, his car. Um, then he came out, and he said, uh, Okay, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to the hospital. He said, no. He said, you realize there's an infant in that house. You have to stay with the infant while I drive your wife. He said, first place, he thought he couldn't get the infant into the hospital. So that's why the infant had to stay where, stay put. So I got out of the car and I realized, what am I going to do with <laughs> an infant? Put yourself in that position. An infant that's five minutes old. You're going to hold her. Well, I'm going to hold her, yeah. But as far as treating her, feeding her. Anyway, he leaves for the hospital. And for the next two days, I am in alone with this infant. Um, and what, what made things even more difficult is that there were... A, a, a large thunderstorm came up, and it was blowing in this wildlife preserve. Um, I was walking her back and forth, but there was thunder and lightning, and she was uh, um, feeling it, but I, hold her, I held her very close, and she finally fell asleep. I would say, now, now I am at a point of exhaustion. I've been going through this now for hours and hours, and the birth, I could hardly hold my head up. and But I could lay her on the bed. She's asleep. I cover up. And I opened the door and I went out. And I never forget this. I went out into the pouring, I went out in the pouring rain. Like I just wanted, I needed some kind of, um, uh, something that could help wake me up because I couldn't really go to sleep. Um, and I remember that walk. And I remember it was very, I got just, and then I looked in the mirror when I got back into the house, and I was all covered, and I was soaking wet, and I remember, wow, what a, what a, forty-eight hours. I called my mother if she would come, and the first thing, she said something like, "Junior, that's me." Or she said, "Junior, why don't you do yourself a big favor?" <laughs> and for once in life, uh, do what I tell you. Because she was against this. That was her advice. What did she say? Leave? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So. What did she say? She, no, no, I think she came over. Ah. It's been 50 years ago. Um, but I was thinking, that was the era now 
was that in the early 60s where fathers were called in from out of the shadows and begin to get involved. And boy, I really got involved. My my buddy um, Todd, he has a couple of kids. He has two girls, Lucy and um, Acacia, and his wife Erin. They live in Texas, right outside of Austin. And his wife gave birth home, home birth, midwife, in a tub. And Todd, who is definitely a rough guy, tough guy, you know, twenty pull ups, teaches um, essentially delinquent kids, you know. And master's degree, whole nine yards, super educated, great guy. Anyway, when after he witnessed that birth, he gave me a call and he goes, Ray, we ain't got nothing on the women. Forget it. Women are so badass. When he saw little Aaron, and Aaron's tiny, and he goes, Ray, all the blood vessels in her eyes burst, uh, you know, through the strain, you know, and, and doing and giving birth. And, you know, he had a newfound respect for for the women mm. and Todd you know he's on it he's and he gets it and that's a that's pretty impressive you or Gary do you know anything about your birth or early period anything you might have heard from your mother or what was at a hospital where was it I um, was in labor for I was in labor for or she was in labor rather I was putting her through labor for 20 hours, I think. It was in oh. Rancho Cucamonga, California, and that is more detail than I ever wanted. Really? Yeah, I really don't need the nitty-gritty of, you know, that that's for my mom and dad and whoever else was there and an adult at the time to enjoy. And I'll enjoy it when it's my time with my kids, mm-hmm. but I don't want to know about my own. I have my, my mom telling me a story. She was pregnant with me and in, um, in um, New York before they came here. And um, she was about to faint and pass out, and she sat down in the snow to revive herself. Wow. And I was born here, Pasadena, Huntington Memorial. Huntington Memorial, yeah. Is that where you live? You didn't live in Pasadena, right? For a little bit. Yeah, just for a little while. Oh, okay. No, and then we moved to the 818. Well, everything was 818 then. I think there were like mm-hmm. – there were only five digits. <laughs> Zip Something code crazy. Was, zip code was two. <laughs> zip code was two. Population of the United States was 34 million. I don't know. Uh, Gary, for you, uh, you have a strong feeling of not wanting to know. But suppose now your mom at this age, I think she says 59, had all her children. How many children? Two or three? Two. Two. That's right. Your sister, right? Correct. Right. Um, if you would say today, you said, you, had, you intimated that, well, that's between them. But, you know, why is it just between them, really? Uh, something she went through, you're now an adult, you'll, be, you know, you'll have your years of that. Um, if you said something like, Mom, you know, I just realized we were talking about births on the air and different things. Jim delivered his daughter in a kind of a hectic, strange scene of going to the hospital and so on. Ray um, said a little something. Um, I was wondering, and then I said, for 20 hours, 22 hours, you were in labor. And, you know, at this time in life, I wonder, do you have any sense of how that was for you 
and how things went for you? Well, uh, yes. First of all, I, I was being a little facetious. I was I was goofing a little when I said I didn't want to know any more. Um, there are plenty of people who are there who know this story and who will tell me, including my mom. If I were to ask her, the reason I was I said it that way is because I know my mom, and obviously no no one else does uh, that's listening to this. But if I were to ask her the question, I would get an exceptionally detailed accounting of everything that happened. So yeah, I, I definitely see your point, and uh, it's it's not. Um, if there, let's put it this way. If there was no one else around besides her who knew the story, I would certainly want to know for fear that it might, you know, pass on with her. Um, but there are still plenty of people around who know the story, and I've heard pieces of it. Well, so. yeah, well, let's get into some pieces of it. What are you saying? What's the story? Oh, just, you know, endearing family stuff about what was going on at the time. There was a Monday night football game going on. and Who was, it was playing? Right around, just it was the Steelers, actually. It was right around Christmas, and so I was born in uh, December. So just, you know, just little pieces like that. My sister was 15 and a half or 16 at the time, so she was there, and she remembers the whole thing. And uh, just, you know, so I, I definitely know pieces, but uh, – I don't. I don't necessarily want to. I'm. I don't. It doesn't sound too appealing to me right now to find out all of the medical biological details. Yeah. Knowing that I can uh, discover you're them. hiding. No, no. I, I. Basically, I don't think there's any reason for me to know this stuff until it's time for me to have my own kid. What What is that knowledge doing for me right now? Is my Is my. Well, it gives you definitely some different insight to yourself, or you know, whatever the story was. I don't know. You know, you do sound a little defensive, though, and that's all right. Yeah, maybe I am being defensive. I don't know. I, I know quite a bit about my childhood. It, that particular event, which, granted, is a big one, I, I don't know all the details behind it. Yeah. Well, I'm, well my, point, my, my point was not the details. In other words, not, she's going to say, well, this happened, and the next step was that, then the bleeding. You know, but I don't mean that. You know. Um, the feeling. The feeling of it. I all know. Yeah, that was. Oh, yeah. That, that I do know. And, and she's talked to me at length about, about oh, okay. that. And so, so, yes, I'm, I'm sorry. I misunderstood the question. Yes, that I have heard from both of my parents. And they both had very, very different experiences, obviously. Oh, good. So that we're talking about with our parents and in, in different parts of our life, what would it be that we could have a little deeper in other words, there's some repetitive behavior, some boundaries, and they're hard and fast, but it's a way that it could be a little different, that we could... You know what we can learn that. about all that, too, Jim? Yeah. We could learn about it on Amazon. Ah. Hey, you guys, this is Ray with Life Lessons with Jim Carolla, and this is a plea, because business is business, and our business isn't doing so well, so please help us out. You got that? And I'm not kidding. Help us out. So go to Life Lessons website and click through the Amazon banner and help us. Come on. Now that's a plea, and it's a good one. Do so. Thanks. Hey, everybody. We're back, and I got a favor to ask you. The favor is, will you click on the PayPal and help us out? We need it. You need it. We're grateful for it, and we want to stick around. Right, Jim? Right. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. You can find the PayPal link at our website, which is acejimcarolla.com. 
Adam asked me about the donations last night, and you guys have been really good about keeping it up, and Adam was very pleased. So let's show him that, uh, that we can keep it up and keep a, keep a steady stream going. We want to keep doing this show for you guys, and we want you to not only donate, but get involved. Send us an email. Our email address is lifelessons with Jim, er, with Jim Carolla. Actually, I'm sorry. No, our email address is jimcarolla at adamcarolla.com. But uh, send us an email, send us a tweet, send us a Facebook message, and get listen. involved, and listen, listen, and share with your friends. Go yeah, have them listen. Go we want to get up to your mom's computer. We want to break, um, you know, ten thousand in listeners, you guys, and that's not very hard to do, considering that Adam does three hundred thousand a day, ten thousand squat. So give a listen, tell a friend to listen, and then if you'd like, contribute a little bit. We dig it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So we get three. All of us thanking you. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so we should be completing this um, segment. And we're going to do two today. You don't, you don't need to say that. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, it's too late again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not supposed to say that. Ah, it's okay. It's we okay. talked about yeah. it in the intro as well. <laughs> yeah. The, I, I don't think anyone's under the illusion that we're uh, – But next week, next week? Yeah. Right. You know? Like you tilt you tilt it when you do that. Oh. You know what I'm saying? You know. We don't do news, so right. no one would have known. But you know what? <laughs> Here you go, guys. Welcome to a peek behind the curtains of this broadcast. Life hey, lessons. so we're going to be doing two today. We're so show. we're going to take a break right now. We're coming back for it. <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll end this segment and – Thank you for listening, and I uh, hope this is an area that you're interested in. Let us hear from you. Fathers and relationship with fathers is quite something, um, and there's a lot of insights in those different areas. We're, we're going to continue and talk more about it. Okay, see you next week. Bye. One, two, oh, one, two, three, and. Reach the show on Twitter at LLWJC. Or email us at jimcarolla at adamcarolla.com.
listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network.